Good morning, Fullerton. This is a special pilot episode for Observing Fullerton, the new podcast accompanying Fulton Observer. We will be available on the website and podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Headlines. Number one. Orange County Black History Exhibit at California State University, Fullerton. Inspired by the experiences of Harlan Lambert and Daniel Michael Lynham, Jr., two men who represented opposite ends of the political spectrum, the exhibit is titled Shouting from the Margins, Black Orange County, 1960-1979. It opened last month at the Sal's Pollock Atrium Gallery in the Pollock Library at Cal State Fullerton. Running until March 27th, the exhibit made by its studio for Southern California history profiles over a dozen local leaders from the African-American community who have made profound contributions to Orange County history, often facing obstacles and barriers in the process. Number two, council majority votes against 100% renewable energy. As a member of the Orange County Power Authority, Fullerton had the opportunity to set 100% renewable energy default rates for customers and the city at their February 1st meeting. But city council chose to go with lower percentages, despite numerous members of the public urging the 100% option. OCPA is a community choice energy program that currently includes Fullerton, Buena Park, Huntington, Irvine, and unincorporated areas of Orange County, who work together to bring renewable energy choices to each community. The service is expected to launch in April. Customers will have the choice to opt out and set their preferred renewable energy percentage. Number 3. JP23 Entertainment Permit Renewed with Restrictions Fulton City Council upheld a recommendation from Police Chief Robert Dunn to place restrictions on hours of entertainment for JP23 a downtown Fullerton restaurant and bar. The hearing was called based on input from the other city departments, calls for police service, and criminal investigations related to JP23. The remedy required JP23 to remove window tinting, eliminate the fishbowl, six-person drink from their menu, and place a small poster, letter size, in the women's bathroom telling women how to be safe with their drinks in public. Chief Dunn also decreased their entertainment hours to 10 p.m. on the weekdays and 11 p.m. on the weekends. Number 4. Two shot in Fullerton, one killed. Fulton police officers responded to the 1300 block of East Wilshire on February 10th at approximately 9.19 p.m. regarding a shooting that had just occurred. Upon arrival, officers located a 26-year-old male victim inside a residence with gunshot wounds to his upper body. A 45-year-old female victim with a gunshot wound to her leg was also located. The male victim was pronounced dead on the scene and the female victim was transported to a local trauma center where she is currently in stable condition. The victim's identity will be released by the Orange County coroner at a time they deem appropriate. Anyone with information about this homicide is encouraged to contact Fulton Police Detective C. Hines at 714-738-5334. That's 714-738-5334. Those wishing to provide information anonymously can call the Orange County Crime Stoppers at 855-TIP. OCCS. That's 855-TIP-OCCS or can visit their website at www.occrimestoppers.org. Number 5. Redistricting shifts from workshops to hearings. The redistricting process to determine city council districts for the next decade thus far has had low public participation, likely due to the late and sometimes conflicting meeting notifications and the difficulty of locating redistricting resources on the city website. The remaining opportunities for public input are at public hearings at 6.30 p.m. on February 23rd with the RAC and on March 8th and 29th with the City Council. This is an important process for Fulton residents to be involved in because it is a once-in-a-decade opportunity to shape the political representation for our areas. You know your neighborhood best and what it needs. Please show up and advocate. Next, we'll play a little portion of The Slice of Orange, a podcast by Professor of Political Science at Fulton College, Jody Balma. 
If you would like to listen to the full 40-minute episode, head over to the Slice of Orange podcast on Spotify. So welcome to A Slice of Orange. I'm excited to talk with Jesse Latour and Sakia uh, Kennedy with the Fullerton Observer. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm excited to learn more. This is the paper I love to read. Um, tell me about taking ownership of the Fullerton Observer uh, that served our community for uh, since 1978. Saskia, yes. do you want to take that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my... Grandfather, Ralph Kennedy, uh, was running for office and he, um, city council, and he got brutally maligned by the media the day before the election happened and lost the election in Atlanta, you know. And, and, and this is back when everyone subscribed to a paper and election day was one day. Yeah. And so a, a bombshell like that really had an effect. Yes. It was lies that were headlining. They really destroyed his base and a lot of people's faith in him. So the election didn't go his way and it was very upsetting. They retracted it later, but it was too late. Absolutely um, too late. Yeah. The vote had been cast. So he gathered some of his friends and had dinner and talked about what they could do and they decided to do a newspaper that would reflect the ideals and values of their group and also um, hopefully influence people to get involved in their local community, their local politics especially, um, to make things change just by um, telling them what was happening and where to get involved, not necessarily right. telling them that they had to get involved. You or know, what to think. This is my slant. This is what you should believe. Sure. Kind of thing. So they tried very hard to, if they reported on anything, they wanted to make sure that it was getting both sides of the story, if at all possible. So that's kind of how it started. Barbara Johnson was really instrumental in the beginning. She was the founder of FICE. Faith Inter... Sorry, what does it stand for? Faith? Fullerton Interfaith Emergency Services, but yes. now, it's, now it's Pathways of Hope. That's the yes. new version. So the origin she, story of Pathways of Hope. So she used to type up every single story on ticker tape, which was oh, wow. like sheet paper. So they would have to read the whole thing, cut each of the stories out, and then they would do it, paste it up on a board which they would take all the boards and give them to the printers. They would take photos and print papers. And it was uh, when cutting and pasting actually meant cutting and pasting. (laughs) Yes. Literally. And a huge team effort and a lot of checking and, you know, reading over everything, making sure that everything went together. If you made one error, it wasn't something you could just white out. You had to rewrite it. Sure. Find that one letter and cut it out and paste right. that one letter just perfectly. Hope it didn't slip, you know. So, so this, I mean, this really truly is a family business, right? Yeah. It, it's your grandparents. Now, I, I've always been curious, so I'm, I get to ask. Um, I know that that your, your your grandfather Ralph, you know, really had this this reason from the city council. But what about your grandmother, Natalie Kennedy? Is she a reluctant? owner of a newspaper or is she the driving force of they have wronged you and we need to do this? She was extremely supportive of my grandfather. Um, she, she was instrumental in, 
in so many ways. She she did the organizing. She did the meal planning uh, mm-hmm. for, for a large group. She would invite people over to have discussions. She was the, the person who would write, um, you know, why we need to have the paper ask your local coffee house or doctor's office to, to carry it. Come and pick them up from our house sure, and, sure. and deliver them to your neighborhood. And then, um, and then your mom took, took up the help. Then my Sarah grandfather Kennedy. died of yeah. pancreatic cancer and my mom took up the helm and she had gone to school for computers graphics before so she knew a little bit about computers and um, she didn't know uh, how to lay out newspapers sure. well and she didn't have a whole lot of training um a lot of the volunteers it's the the Fullerton Observer is still volunteer based and community written so we we strive to keep that keep yeah keep people interested and and new new interested people like Arouge who who just started volunteering. Fullerton College alum UCLA student Arouge Navid is now a part of this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, you know, young people come in, they're vibrant, they have energy, they want to change the world, they want to yes. make things better and, and are interested and they get people inspired and movement happening and and, and I think it's a really great opportunity. There's always this um, lag time after college where you can get involved in so many things and you can run the theater and you can publish the paper and all of these ways that college students, high school students are empowered on their campuses. And then there's this long lag time before anybody will ever give you that power again to run the Orange County Register or you know be the publisher of Voice of OC. And, and I always tell people, the Fullerton Observer will take you. The, the Fullerton Observer will let you do those things. Just go to them. Absolutely. So it's really exciting to get to talk to you to kind of open that, that, that door to say, if you are looking for a way, this is it. This is the, the vehicle. And I love the, the history of the paper, that, that you really are standing on the shoulders of these civil rights activists. And we'll get into the history of, of, of how it really started. Um, but the, the idea that these movements that we're seeing today, you know, have their roots in the same things that previous volunteers for the Fullerton Observer were really passionate about. Uh, so Jesse, come on in because you also, you know, the, 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 the transition really has happened. What 2020 is this new transition about, well, before, before we talk about me, I just wanted to add one, one yeah. things about um, Ralph, Ralph and uh, Natalie Kennedy, because I never, unfortunately I never got to meet them personally. Um, but I, I actually learned about them not really from Sharon or from Saskia, but from reading about them in, um, there's a book called A Different Shade of Orange. And it's all about um, like, you know, black kind of pioneer um, people, especially kind of during like the civil rights era. And so I learned about Ralph and Natalie Kennedy from reading this book because they were, well, they were the only like white people that were interviewed in the book for one. And for two, they were, yeah, total civil rights activists uh, in an area that was like extremely conservative, you know, not, not down with, <laughs> with a lot of the stuff like, you know, supporting things like farm workers rights, you know, with, with like Cesar Chavez um, back in the fifties, you know, they, they uh, helped to um, 
uh, organize against like racially restrictive housing covenants when there was like a, a, a Chinese family that was trying to move into their neighborhood and they had these, you know, these old, uh, you know, you talk about redlining these, you know, racially restrictive covenants. Um, My grandmother went around with her kids and pregnant and from door to door getting uh, signatures. She, she wasn't a person who just, you know, was behind the scenes necessarily. She was also very active in whatever she saw was injustice. She wanted to, to, to make a change. So she was yeah. very active. Sorry, Jesse. And I think it's important, you know, I think one of the, one of the stories of this is it's, there's a personal cost when you're going door to door and those are still your neighbors, even though they slam the door. You know, the, the bravery of, of your grandmother doing that in a, in a social era, you know, I, I didn't move down to Orange County until 1988. And so we're talking about decades before I got here. And I don't know that I would have felt comfortable knocking on doors in 1988 to talk about some of these things and, and the bravery and courage and, and potential social cost for the folks who started the Fullerton Observer, for the volunteers who were publishing this, and definitely for your grandparents who are doing these things far before um, the Observer is born, I think is, those are stories that need to be told. Yeah, I think that, and, and, oh, I forgot to mention too that Ralph uh, and, and I'm sure Natalie helped to found uh, the, what, the Fullerton Fair Housing Council, which became the Orange County Fair Housing Council. I mean, it's just reading about all the things that these folks did, I'm, I mean, and like you said, doing it in a time and a region where they were definitely the minority, you know, in terms of their views and what they were trying to kind of advocate for. So I, I, when I think of Ralph, I think not just of like a guy who got slighted in, you know, by the media. I mean, that was, that was the impetus for the, for the starting the observer, but really, it, you know, it's, it follows a trajectory of, I think his life of somebody who was always caring about empowering, you know, people who were, um, you know, kind of marginalized or who were not getting a fair shake. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that power of using your voice, um, you know, that the, the, the Fullerton Observer doesn't become just a hit job on the political enemies, right? That, that it truly becomes an honest and unbiased publication to empower others to get involved. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's that's my goal, at least. And I think that's 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 the goal with the, the paper. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's go back. So you, you the, the two of you and is there a third partner taking ownership of the paper? Yes, yeah, Matt um, Leslie. Matt um, Leslie, yeah. He's um he's probably him and his partner Jane Rands are probably the two most knowledgeable people about um city council shenanigans and stuff. They're they're very um involved themselves but just really kind of policy wonky you know they really know what's going on yeah so so jesse tell me you know give, what brought you to the paper why do you think local journalism is important and 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 then later we'll talk about what you want to do but right now just you know what brought you here and and why do you think it's important yeah so i think i probably was first became interested and started reading the, the fullerton observer um I, don't know, I want to say maybe 2008 or 2000 around there. I, um, I, I started to kind of uh, follow the County Hills issue. And so the observer, you know, it's always done a really good job of 
covering this this kind of struggle between this you know you know local people trying to preserve this open space uh county hills and then you know the various forces of like chevron that owns it and then like city council people who are kind of you know chevron friendly and so this whole kind of struggle over preserving open space really interested me and so i guess i started following it then um and then i actually ran for city council in 2010 and so um I think that's when I met Sharon because they always do a uh, like an interview thing. So um, actually, I I sent her a photo, but I was I was kind of like I don't know I was like kind of a punk uh, you know then. So it was like a really bad photo, and so she was like, "I need to come over and like I'll take a real photo of you." Um, but uh, yeah, and then I don't know. I just you know was interested. I kind of knew Sharon from around town, and then. Um, I think it was about 2016 or so. I saw her randomly downtown, bumped into her, and she said that she was trying to, you know, gather a group of people who would, you know, kind of maybe take the helm or, or you know, take over the paper eventually. She was looking to retire, and, you know, she's a, a painter, like a really wonderful painter, and so she wanted to kind of f focus on that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I went over, and there was she had invited a bunch of people over to a couple meetings, and uh, and, you know, a lot of them are people who still you know contribute to the paper but i guess for me it was kind of at a, a period in my life where it, it really clicked where i was like okay i'll i'll commit to doing the council notes so i'll write i'll cover the city council meetings and if i can do that regularly then maybe i'll try to do a little bit more and it was kind of a slow process over a couple of years where i was she was kind of mentoring me and teaching me how to do everything this was kind of like i don't know 2016 2017 2018 weirdly like you know the trump presidency so it was a really odd time you know kind of a wild time to like become sure. to become a journalist really because there was all these you know marches and rallies and all kinds of even stuff locally so um yeah so then i, I eventually i started doing some you know more layouts you would give me a few pages to do and it was really kind of this gradual process where ultimately it just kind of made sense where i was able to kind of do what she had been doing, you know, I mean, we, we have our, you know, different styles and stuff, but I think we were sure. kind of, I think we were, you know, ultimately simpatico in our vision of like, you know, what the, what is the purpose of this? It's really to, you know, as Saskia said, like, you know, um, and even going back to Ralph and Natalie and everybody else who's contributed over the years, there's countless people that we could name that it's, yeah, it's about empowering the community. It's about, you know, um, and also, especially now as people are talking about like media deserts and this whole like, you know, sort of decimation of local uh, lack of like real, you know, uh, thorough, good local coverage of things like city council meetings or, you know, um, housing issues or, you know, things that are you know, really kind of hit people where they are. Um, I think we, we fill a, a niche. I mean, I wish there were more kind of independent papers that were still existing, you know, like, you know, thankfully the observer continues because of a lot of people willing to give their time and efforts. So I think, yeah, it, fill, it fills a need. It's about empowering people to one, be knowledgeable about what's happening and to, um, you know, hopefully inspire them to, to get involved and, you know, make a difference. Yeah. All right. That is the end of today's podcast. Fullertonians, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Fulton Observer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to keep up with the latest Fulton news. Fulton stories of all of our headlines are available on the Fulton Observer website, or you can subscribe to the Fulton Observer print edition that gets mailed to your home every two weeks. The journalists behind our headline stories are Emerson Little, Jesse Latour, Saskia Kennedy, and Jane Rance. 
Special thanks to Professor Jody Balma, Jesse Latour, Saskia Kennedy for the interview. Adrian Mesa is our editor, and I'm Arush Navid, your host.